It was a night unlike any other. There was a stillness in the air, a quiet calm in the evening sky. Grace was on the horizon, an unfathomable mercy, a love deeper than anyone had ever known. This silent night was about to give way to a chorus which would change the world forever. For on this day, in the city of David, is born a Savior, Jesus, the Son of God, the Word in flesh. God had reached down from heaven to earth to draw us to himself, to make a way, to bring us home. Today, the heart of God is on full display. For God so loved the world. Thank you, Lord, that we could remember and celebrate, God, that you came into our world to live here, God, for 33 years, to come down and live and show us the way. Tonight, God, for just these last few moments, God, we just pray that you transform us, touch us in our heart, God, move us to action. Thank you for your loving kindness, Lord, and pray that you just have freedom to move here tonight in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. You may be seated. All right. Christmas Eve, right? I was just looking at your kids over here. I'm like, they, I bet, are so excited, right? This whole night, they've been waiting all year for this. This, I remember when I was their age, just little, little, my sister and I, every Christmas, we'd just anticipate from the time about October, you know, obviously till Christmas Eve, we couldn't wait. And we had some traditions, family traditions in our family. Um, We always go over to my aunt's house, and uh, aunt and uncle's cousins would come over, you know, Christmas tree lights, bring all these great presents over. I mean, it was packed with presents under the tree and ate my auntie's, um, what do you call that, fruitcake stuff. I'm like, this was horrible, but we ate it anyway. And there was just something about Christmas Eve gathering as family. Everything at that time in our lives was all about the presents. It was all about family, food, Christmas tree lights, all that stuff. And I was just thinking how times change, don't they? Things change. I just wonder if there are some folks here tonight, if you remember some of the things that I just wanted to put up on the screen. Do you remember one of these? (laughs) We don't use these anymore, right? Remember when you had to take the picture, you had to go down to the drugstore and wait a week to get your pictures back? Now we just have the phone, right? Remember this? An encyclopedia. What in the world is an encyclopedia? Now everything's Google, right? We don't need to go down to the library or go down to the library in our house and find, you know, whatever we needed to know, informationally go into a book. What about this? Anybody remember this sound? Wait, there's more. Oh my gosh, that is annoying, isn't it? I mean, you can play a round of golf while you're getting on the internet. Now it's just, whoop, with a millisecond. Remember this? 
Oh my God, there was a time, just for some of you young folks, okay, I'm about 30 years old, so I remember this a little bit, but um, we used to go down in the car, we'd go down to Blockbuster, spend about an hour trying to agree on the movie we were going to take the VHS tape, get popcorn and drinks, go home, watch the movie, and then please be kind, rewind, remember Blockbuster's thing, and then you put it in the night drop early in the morning and you get a special VIP card. That was huge, right? That was, a, that was a big deal back in the day. Now it's Netflix. And what's a DVD? We don't even know what those things are anymore. But things change, but God never Amen. changes. And I'm so glad that God never changes. You know, one of my favorite Christmas songs during the season is Oh Holy Night. I, I love that song, especially that line where it says, The thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. We sang it tonight. My sister and I, years later, at Capo High School, we were both just um, getting ready to finish high school, and we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Then about six months later, my parents accepted Jesus Christ into their life. And the reason that I bring that up is, as things change, um, we actually rediscovered what Christmas really was all about. Christmas is all about the baby in the manger that he grew up 33 years old, he spent three years with his disciples, training them, loving them, caring for them, caring for the sick, hurting, dying of the world. Jesus did all of those incredible things for one reason. It was to get to the cross so that he could save us. That's why we celebrate Christmas. There's nothing wrong with lights and trees and presents and fruitcake and all that stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. But what the real meaning of Christmas is about is that God broke into our world He lived here for 33 years, and we get to rediscover the fact that God loves us eternally. He'll never stop loving us. It reminds me of Colossians 1.15, where it says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Amazing to think about Jesus pre-existing. He is God in flesh. Think about the Christmas Eve night. Shepherds are out in the middle of nowhere tending sheep just like any other night. And all of a sudden there's a light that shones from heaven. And I really think there were probably thousands, maybe millions of angels proclaiming the birth of Jesus Christ. From the Old Testament to the New Testament, from the very last book in Malachi, people never heard God's voice for 400 years. God took a back seat and for 400 years did not speak. There was not a letter written in the name of God. So all of a sudden, in the middle of nowhere, God breaks through the heavens, announces the birth of Jesus to the shepherds. These guys were the social outcasts. These guys were kind of the lower rung of the ladder of society. They weren't respected, but God brings forth the greatest message to people that were the least of society. I just love how God unfolds the story. I love how God proclaims it. And then, of course, we have the angels from heaven. Oh, I just imagine angels from heaven are like, Lord, can we go back? Can we go down now and sing? Can we proclaim that Jesus is going to be born? When can we go? And the wise men, who were learned men, who were very intelligent, studied the scriptures in the Old Testament and Daniel and read about a day that there would be the king of kings and lord of lords that would come to the earth and you need to follow the star. And they made the journey to find Jesus. And of course, Mary and Joseph, there was absolutely no room for the son of God. No palace, no guards, no five-star hotel, no royal dignitaries, just Mary and Joseph and she gives birth to the Son of God. 
God knew the exact moment that this was going to happen. He orchestrated it all behind the scenes. In fact, it was 700 years before Jesus' birth that he told a man named Isaiah, Isaiah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to breathe into you life. I'm going to use you to write down these words. I want you to, I'm going to inspire you to write down these words. And most of us are familiar with, for a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. You know what they say in the olden days when a king would get ready to take his reign, they would literally put these royal robes over him and the covering of those robes were respected of the fact that he now carried all of the governmental decisions on his shoulders. I'm just so glad that in the midst of a world there's so much chaos and uncertainty and division that we have a king of kings and lord of lords that will one day reign forever and ever and ever on earth. I'm looking forward to not just Christmas, but I'm looking forward to the second coming of Jesus Christ. So first he tells us that he is the wonderful counselor. Why did he come? He came as the greatest gift of all. And secondly, he came to transform our heart, to transform our life. He is the wonderful counselor. He is the one that has all wisdom and all truth. Really, that word is he is the source of everything that we need. Whatever questions we have, whatever doubts we have, whatever fears that we have, that word in John says he is the logos, he is the word of life. He speaks forth life into us. His word is truth. And in a world where there's so much uncertainty, we need truth. We need to know where we stand with God. And I'm so grateful that God never stops loving us, ever. The second thing he says is that he is the mighty God. Aren't you glad that God is big? He is mighty. One guy told me God has strong enough shoulders to handle anything in heaven and on earth. That word really in the Hebrew language means warrior, means overcomer. That Jesus, down in the streets with people that were hurting, he opened up blinded eyes. He helped those that were lame. He fixed those that were sick. He would listen to those that had problems. Even those that were in opposition to him, Jesus was always kind and gentle, and yet he was always truth. And of course, he says he is the everlasting father. I'm so grateful that God is a loving father. He's caring, he's patient, he's kind, he's tenderhearted, and yet he is so strong. Even if we didn't have a loving father here on earth, that doesn't mean that we cannot experience the love of our father in heaven that has for us, he has for us. When our firstborn uh, was son Michael, when he was born, I'll tell you, about months before he was born, I was so nervous about how do you hold him? How do you change a diaper? What if, how do I love him? How do I know that I'm going to love him? I was worried about all these things. And the moment that he came into my arms and I was holding him there in the ER with my wife, I, 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 you, those of you that have children and grandchildren, you know there's just this overwhelming love that just you have for this child. I mean, even wrapped up as they are in a little blanket, you know, they look like a little burrito. And then they got the hat on, and they looked so cute. You know, part of me wanted to go, Laura, go long. I didn't do that, but I just, you just, you love your son. You love your daughter. There would be, it's even really hard to put it into words. And if we could magnify that 10 gazillion times, that's how much God loves us. In the midst of sometimes depression and worry and doubt and fear and things that we go through, all the while, God, I believe, is holding us. I remember a time 
when my son was about one year old, and I slipped into some real, real deep sadness, some depression for a few months, but some things that were happening in my life. And I just remember falling to my knees and crying out to God and saying, God, I feel like such a bad dad. And it's okay. Because he never changes. And he's always consistent. And he's always there. And then he says, I love this, that he is the Prince of Peace. And we need peace, don't we? In a world where there is chaos, there is no peace. There's conflict. In fact, having peace does not necessarily mean the absence of conflict. It just means peace within. And my life before I stepped into relationship with Jesus... I was always looking for that peace. I was always looking for something, some handle to pull down so that I could have inner peace. And there was nothing in this world that could even bring that. When you accept Jesus Christ into your life, he is our peace. It's not a formula. It's not things to do. It's found in a person of Jesus Christ. And I'm so glad that Jesus is not dead. He's not in the grave. He's alive. And he brings us the peace that we're all looking for here in South County. I mean, would you agree? We're, we're looking through it for like a new car or a bigger house or better job or getting the raise or better relationship or looking for something that's glitzier. And we'll never find it as long as we continue to look out here. We only find it when we look up into his eyes and say, Lord Jesus, I need you. In fact, you can have the most expensive bed flown in from Spain, thousands of dollars, right? Beautiful hand-carved wood. But if you can't sleep at night, what's the use? This doesn't really matter what kind of food we eat. It matters more about who we eat it with, isn't it? That's what matters. Someone who gives you this grand gift, this big gift but really doesn't love you doesn't mean much. But someone who loves you to the end who will never leave you, who will never forsake you, someone in your life that brings you a McDonald's apple pie with a candle in it and says, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. That's the greatest gift because it comes from here. And that's what God did with Jesus. He brings the best gift he could ever give. And that was Jesus Christ, his son. The, the videos that we heard tonight are simply stories of just regular people that have found Jesus and their whole life has changed. I, I just wonder what's, your story tonight. Where are we? Where are you with God? You know, my hope is that tonight we got, I'm sure, a lot of fun things to do with family, and that's all good. But more than anything else, the most important thing is I want us to know God. I want us to know Him personally. That's what Colossians 1, 16 and 17 says, everything was created through Him and for Him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all of creation together. He knows all of our anxiety, all of our fears, all of our doubts, all of our depression, all of our difficult days. He understands the struggle. He was here with us. And the wonderful thing about God is that he loves us with an undying love. He didn't just come to redeem us. He came to destroy the works of the devil, and he came to restore our life. And rediscovering Christmas is that we've rediscovered it's all in the person of Jesus Christ. That song that, that Caitlin sang, I, I could listen to that a thousand times. Fall to your knees. Isn't that what Jesus is looking for from all of us? Is that we just get to the best place of all, and that's on our knees, humble before God. Anyone here ever lost a wallet or a purse? 
You lost your wallet, sweetie? I lost it a lot of times. You lost it a lot of times? Oh my gosh, I need to hang out with you more often, because it looks like you got a lot of peace even though you lost your wallet. Well, I'm going to use myself as an example. Pastor Mike did not have a good day when he lost his wallet. I um, went to the doctor, I had some foot pain, and he did some x-rays, and he needed to put my, um, my foot in one of those boot braces things, and so... Um, I was in there for a couple hours, and I just, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, I just wanted to get out of there, because I missed playing tennis, I missed running, I missed going to the gym, and my foot hurts, and I just fractured it a little bit, and I had to go through all this, and so I'm, I'm leaving the doctor office, and just a lot of things going on, it was the eve before Christmas Eve, and so when I got home, I went back into my car, I for, forgot something, and I looked, and my wallet was missing, Now, immediately when you lose something of value, I go into panic mode. I went into a Holy Spirit panic mode. I will be honest with you. I was not a person of peace at that moment. And I am running around retracing my steps so frustrated because I'm feeling, oh my gosh, it's going to be Christmas Eve tomorrow, then Christmas Day, and then Monday's a day off, and I'm not going to have anything in my wallet. I need my wallet. I need my wallet. I need to find that thing. And the reason I was in a panic, it wasn't because there was money, a lot of cash in there. It wasn't because of my credit cards wasn't because my insurance card for my medical. I had two pictures of my boys when they were little playing soccer. You know those pictures that we get from ASO when they're standing like this, you know, <laughs> and they got the soccer ball? And they were the original pictures like years. This is like 20 years ago, and I saved them in my wallet. And then I had my original, when I got ordained as a pastor when I was living in Hawaii, my original ordination card that I carried in my wallet all the time. And I, 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 those are the things that are most valuable. I didn't care about the money. I didn't care about the credit cards. And I am driving down Marguerite La Paz. I went back to the doctor in La Paz and Crescenta, where, by the way, we have our nativity scene there on the corner. And I was just, as I drove past that, I said, Jesus, please, God, God, oh God, I know you're there. Could you please find my wallet? Went in there at five minutes after 12, knocked on the door, and there was nobody there. So I know this drill. They're not coming back till Tuesday. I am now in a panic. Couldn't figure out what to do. And I will tell you honestly what I did. I threw a fit in the parking lot. I hope God, no one saw Pastor Mike. And I said, God, how come you're willing to answer everybody else's prayer, but you can't answer my prayer? And then I took it to the next level. God, how come my wife's experiencing all these thyroid problems and stuff over the last six weeks? You don't answer my prayers, God. I felt so convicted. I felt so dirty, so wrong, so unholy at that moment. You know what? I got to tell you that I went back into my car. I called my wife. I literally, I'm embarrassed to say this, I started just bawling. Because with everything ramped up with Christmas Eve and I wanted my message to be so good and now I lost my wallet and I'm going to be thinking about all this and I wanted my ordination certificate and my kids' pictures and that's all I could think about. I got a, a, a phone call from the doctor's office. It was the doctor. He said, hey, I, we heard you were looking for your wallet. Check inside the box where we gave you your boot because my assistant put your wallet and your checkbook in the box. So I go home. I'm, I'm going 80 down Margarita, I will tell you. And I opened the box, and it was there. In that moment, when I saw my wallet, saw pictures of my boys, saw the ordination certificate, 
I literally, I fell to my knees. Oh God, thank you. Thank you, God, in the midst of my own panic and my own ugliness. Thank God, you never stop loving me. Rediscovering Christmas is a God in heaven who loves us even on our worst day. And he loves us on our best day. Isn't that great? He grew up. For 33 years, he lived on this earth. And when they accused him and sentenced him to death, Jesus quietly and humbly went on that cobblestone road, carried his own cross alone, went up to the hill where they laid him down on the cross. He willingly died so we could get to heaven, so that we could have new life. He would transform our life. And I got to be honest with you, before I came to Christ, I thought, well, I'm an American. I live in America. And we went to church when I was a kid, you know, a couple times at Christmas and Easter. And my father grew up Catholic. And so I'd probably go to heaven because God accepts everybody, right? But the fact of the matter is, we all have blown it. We've all sinned. We've all done something wrong. And that's why he came, to forgive us, to bring new life to us, to save us. And it's a simple act of receiving Jesus Christ into your life. And I just want to gently ask, no pressure or anything like, I just want to ask if you're not sure about where you're going when you die, wouldn't this be the best Christmas ever to just give your heart to Jesus? And we want to invite you to do that tonight. In closing, we have something that uh, we've been doing for years here at MVCC, and that's the candle lighting service. So each one of you hopefully have a candle in your hand. We're going we're gonna to light those in, in just a moment. But I wanted to share with you this old familiar song that we all know, Silent Night. His name was John Moore. His mother took him to church every Sunday. He would sit in church and, as he described, shared his story on paper. Back in the year 1818, he would sit in church and he would feel something in his heart, this pulling from God. As he grew up, went to a very prestigious college in Germany. He went to a midnight mass service on Christmas Eve. And it was these words that came to him as he wrote them down. And then it was on a Christmas Eve service that he was asked to present the song. And the rest is history. Silent night, holy night. All is calm and all is bright. Jesus came to be the light of the world, didn't he? So that's why we want to, in a moment here, have our servant leaders are going to come and down each aisle and light your candle. And then if you would just the unlit candle, tip it to the next one that's lit. In just a few moments, we'll have this entire area lit with the candle, with the light of Jesus Christ. We're going to sing this song, Silent Night, and then we'll have just a closing prayer. But let's, let's sing together, Silent Night. Thank you so much for joining us at Mission Vale Christian Church. Just know that we always have live services here every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. We'd love to have you here, and we'll see you next time.